0: Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service
1: is and Stephen Fennick from TechGuide.com.au. I really like this new service, gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice.
0: Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening, thank you for downloading Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 164. And if you're joining us for the first time, thank you, welcome. Uh, and I think you'll you'll know what you're expecting here, which is two blokes. Um, and we'd like to talk some tech. My name's Trevor Long, joining me from techguide.com dot each and every week is Stephen Fennick. G'day, mate.
1: G'day, Trevor. Great to be with you once again. Big week this week. Big and not, week. M- not so much in tech, but in sport. A massive sports week. I don't World know. World Cup. The World Cup is huge. It's but- all happening.
0: Well, the world cup was massive let's let's just concentrate on that um, and you know we might actually talk quickly about the, the world cup and technology but we're doing it all thanks to the good people at netgear netgear.com.au for more information check out the website and we'll tell you about them shortly well stevens mentioned it and we we can't go without talking about it so yes let's do this state of origin is over for the year. There's another game, but uh, let's not kid ourselves, it's over. The winning yeah. streak of Queensland is done and dusted. And as a Queenslander, I'm obviously bitterly disappointed. But uh, look, the best team won on a day. <laughs> I'll give you that.
1: Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I don't think many people know you're a Queenslander. I think you sort of come out of your shell a bit around an origin time. I wonder if that's going to still happen now that uh, Queenslander lost the series.
0: Mate, I'll still, every year you're I'll talk about the fact that I'm a on. Queenslander. When else am I going to talk about the fact that I'm a Queenslander? <laughs> what, what other opportunity is oh, there? I-
1: You know, it's just while they were riding high, you were obviously, you know, getting your money's worth. I'm just going to, I'm wondering how the next 12 months are going to go now. They've lost a series. But that's okay. That's
0: okay. Let's just just loop this back into technology, right? And the first thing we'll talk about is Twitter, right? Hashtags. Now, last year, the hashtag was eight in a row. You you guys, congratulations. (laughs) You've got a wonderful hashtag, one in a row. (laughs) I think that's very clever.
1: And I, I tried to become the first person to ever tweet that uh, New South Wales wins Origin series. Yeah. I had it all ready to go, so that just before, as soon as ha- full time siren sounded, I hit the tweet on my little tweet, yeah. and I was hoping to become the first person to ever say on Twitter, New South Wales wins Origin, because Twitter wasn't invented. That's right. The last time New South Wales won an Origin. Neither was the iPhone. Yeah, and the, the iPad, smartphone, the smartphone
0: it. craze generally just didn't exist.
1: Yeah. I mean, and John we have, Howard was still Prime Minister, I think. <laughs> so
0: we it's have been come a, while. a very long way. I mean, eight years of domination by Queensland is uh, to, 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 to talk about technology here. You've just got to look back and go... My goodness, how far have we come, right? So, yeah, Twitter wasn't around. Facebook was just a baby, if if at all. Um, the, the iPhone didn't exist. The the iPad didn't exist. I mean, the iPad's still only four yeah. and a half odd years old. Uh, you, I mean, you, it's you unbelievable.
1: look back to uh, to I think it was when, when was the last time I saw it? It was two thousand six, yeah. uh, you, you know you buy a GPS, it would still cost you like six hundred bucks. Yeah, you buy a television, it was it cost you seven thousand dollars for a fifty inch TV. So uh, so many changes uh, have occurred since uh, the Blues uh, hoisted the Origin Shield. So that's nine long years. I mean, let's
0: let, uh, let's let's add, add another one not- to the mix. There, you think about um, co- connectivity, right? So, you know, we've got four G now. So the speeds of the internet that occur on our mobile phones are now like many, many, many times what was even possible on a on a home internet back then. And and you think about it, and, and you had an interesting experience last night at the stadium where you know you couldn't get a connection through one provider. The Wi-Fi was yeah. congested because of the eighty-four thousand people there. So we've come a long way, but yet we've still got a long way to go.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, it will. Two thousand and six was, I think, the last time um, New South Wales won the Origin. That was the year they launched Next G. Next G was launched a few months yeah. after that origin win in twenty in two thousand and six. Yeah. So yes, and speaking of well next year's Telstra. Speaking of Telstra, I'm a Telstra customer and I do have a couple of phones. One had a Vodafone SIM card, the other's got my Telstra sim card in it. And Obviously there's eighty three thousand people out there, so limited bandwidth in terms of the cellular network. The Wi-Fi network and ANZ Stadium admits they said, look, you know, that was the first time Wi Fi was in use with a full house and uh to to point a sporting term, they're gonna be all the better for the run. so they're gonna know kind of what to expect next time there's a big crowd, they know exactly where the load points are and all that sort of thing. So next time there's a big event on out there, the Wi-Fi is going to be a lot better. but uh, back to the 4G, it was a struggle to get out tweets and trying to trying to upload photos and you know I, I like to share a lot of stuff on social media when I'm out at, the, at live events yeah. like. And um, Telstra wasn't doing it for me. I have to say, I had to. I, I did a test out there with Vodafone. had a had a much stronger signal and could easily refresh pages and, and upload stuff. It got to a point where I had to use. I've got an iPhone with my Telstra sim in it and an and a Galaxy S5 with a Vodafone sim in it, and I had to use the Galaxy S5 with the S- Vodafone sim on board as a hotspot for my iPhone, which had the <laughs> Telstra SIM on board. And I even let my younger brother, Michael, you do the same thing because he was on Telstra too and wasn't having any luck. And I did actually tweet a couple of little cheeky tweets to Telstra saying, look, uh, you, you're getting beat by Vodafone here. So, um, and they did ask me, did, did you, they hoped I got my tweets out. And I said, yes, I did, but on my photophone SIM card. But anyway, the irony of this conversation—the
0: irony of this conversation—won't be lost on our listeners because of the quality of our internet connection this evening, which I'll apologise for. We're going to persist because I can still hear you, and I think people know what you're saying. But it's not the best connection we've ever had, and, and the the irony of that is, last week I was in Sweden, you were in New York, and we were able to have a pretty consistent conversation. Yet, yet I'm on yeah. cable, you're on yeah, cable. We'll- and, and we're ending up. You're, with...
1: in the, you're on the north side. I'm in eastern suburbs, and we can't get a good connection. What's yeah. oh, just?
0: What do you do? I oh, mean, it is hilarious, and uh, and so join join with us, um, listeners, and and it's just enjoy the laugh for a little bit here. But it's um, it's one of the wonders of modern technology, and just shows how far we've still got to go. Um, but it's been done now. Twitter has been used to to tweet a state of origin. And what's also interesting while we talk about the sport is um, you know, Twitter is obviously you know, massively trying hard to to do their work on, on sport. Uh, you know, John O'Danny and the team here in Sydney are working hard on you know, getting Australian sports on board. There's a global sports team um, at Twitter that just work on sports, sporting organisations and, and sports stars. The World Cup has been phenomenal on Twitter um, you know the Brazil games have dominated, but you know last night watching the the Socceroos and seeing the conversation. It, it it reminded me of why Twitter is so cool and why I encourage people to use it. I'm sitting here in the man cave watching a, a game at 2 o'clock in the morning, and I felt like I was with at least 20 other people because there was people having a conversation, and that's what it does. It creates that yeah, social absolutely. event.
1: It Br- brings people together, and it did the same thing at Origin too. There was a lot of people uh, during the start of Origin, I think they published some stats about the, the millions of tweets that were sent around, uh, not only for the World Cup, but also for Origins. So it, it is a great way... To enjoy that kind of banter that you would normally have with your with your mates in watching a sporting event together, mm. but having that ability through Twitter, I think is one of its strengths. And you're right, yeah, that's mm. a good one. It's a good reason to be on Twitter actually, if you want to sort of be part of that that whole banter, that whole experience that, that you, that's kind of live a live commentary through Twitter while you're watching something like that. It's so it's really cool. Yeah.
0: What's interesting about this Skype conversation, and, and I'm just I'm drawing it to everyone's attention because they're hearing it, but it, what Skype does automatically is it, it, it adjusts the quality. So it tries to bring the quality down and make it better. And what I wish if Skype were actually monitoring this call, so if anyone from the NSA is monitoring this call and listening, <laughs> what we want you to do is keep it at the low quality because it sounds fine. And every time it tries to bump Stephen up to a better quality, it sounds terrible. So if you're listening, Skype via the NSA, just help us out a little bit. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two blokes talking. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with
1: Trevor Long and Stephen Well, early this morning, there was an event held in Seattle by uh, Amazon. Uh, the Amazon CEO, Jeff Bezos, got up uh, at an event. It was a very Apple-like event, so it was like his, Jeff was kind of like his own his version of Steve Jobs giving a, a little presentation in the early hours of the morning, our time, uh, and the product uh, was... Some would say as equally impressive as uh, as some of the past Apple products. It was Amazon's first attempt at a smartphone. The Fire Phone was the device they unveiled, but it wasn't just any old phone. It was obviously being positioned to take on the big, the big gun, uh, the big gun uh, opponents, their competitors like Samsung and Apple, of course. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't just another Android device with an Amazon coating. This uh, has a four point seven inch screen, but some of the features on board were, uh, I think, what's going what's gonna to make this device something that a lot of people are going to be curious to try. Uh, one of them is called Dynamic Perspective, and that that is a, like a system that gives your, depending on how you hold the phone, you can kind of, the screen's almost got like a holographic 3D effect so you can look behind objects and things like that. I don't know if it's too gimmicky or not, but it is, it is a cool new uh, cool new feature. One other one before you chime in uh, is the Firefly too, which is uh, this new technology. It's, it's kind of a super version of Shazam that allows you not only to pick up Snippets of movies and TV shows and music, but also lets you say uh, train, aim your camera at a phone number or website address and be able to visit that website or make that call, which I think is pretty cool. What do you think? Yeah, I do. I think there's, I think the key to this device is,
0: it's it's one of those things where Amazon has has innovated in a lot of little areas here now. Whether it's the dynamic scrolling, the the pointing point and shoot at kind of phone numbers and stuff. They're the kind of things that you can automatically see are going to be picked up by the other guys. You know what I mean? Like whether it's in one year or two years, it'll all be there. They'll be standard features in smartphones. Mm. I think the the issue for me is, though, that all these great features, um, I'm not sure any one of them makes you want to buy that phone. I think Amazon is relying heavily on their loyal customers to want to be part of their ecosystem because, you know, you can get music and movies and all that stuff through Amazon. So I think, especially in America, it's a bit of a different ballgame because they do have a deeper ecosystem there. I think that there's a much better potential for this thing to really take off.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And we should point out that this is a product that's only going to be available initially in the U S but some of these features uh, when he was, when he was demonstrating that, that dynamic perspective and all that sort of stuff, it did remind me of the time back in 2007 when Steve Jobs. Do you remember when when he unveiled at MacWorld in 2007 when he first unveiled the iPhone? Yeah, and the the oos and ahs when he when he did the pinch to zoom yeah. scrolling, which is something we all take for granted now, yeah. but at the time it was absolutely incredible and. and this, while probably not as as grand and as astounding, it did have that kind of feel that these these are features that we haven't seen before on a smartphone. And, you know, the, that in itself, uh, I think, augurs well for Amazon. A, you mentioned their, their massive base of users. Like, they got so many people who are customers of theirs. And don't forget, this is a device that's basically an extension of the Amazon store yes. in your pocket. Don't forget that. But... It kind of has that feel where it's not just oh, hang on, it's another another smartphone, another Android smartphone. It did have a little bit more than that, which, which I think is going to set them up pretty well for people I think are just going to give it a try. Pricing-wise, it's very competitive. These features I think are going to make it attractive as well. I wouldn't be surprised if people like the original iPhone, which was never available here in Australia. Mm. Version 1 of iPhone was a US-only product. I think it made it to the UK as well. But I was one of the many people who imported one from the US, unlocked it, and used it. Uh, this may this may uh, this may attract the same kind of user.
0: And I think that when I look at this device and the and the, the Kindle Fire and stuff like that, I think what Jeff Bezos does is he directs his team to think differently. Right. So when he when he well, I'm not saying him, but when they look at designing something, they design it from the ground up, where they say, well, you got to challenge those things, even though Steve Jobs announced them, the the scrolling, the pinch to zoom, the however, all those things that we take for granted, challenge every one of them challenge how you scroll down a webpage, challenge how you find a contact, challenge how you dial a phone number and find new ways of doing it. And, and I think it's that kind of innovation that, that may help with this device. I'll be honest though, I don't think it's got a Buckley's chance in hell of being uber successful. I think it, in America, you can have a device that has a you know, 1% share of the market and you can make millions because it's such a big market. Yeah. But I don't think, I don't think it's going to even challenge HTC One sales numbers.
1: Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I think the, the pricing, what, what they've done with the pricing, I think is pretty competitive. I don't think that, that this isn't yeah, – they would have faced a – it would have been a losing battle if they had to price, price this you know as, as much as or maybe slightly more expensive than the competitors because Samsung and Apple would have just blown them out of the water. Yeah. But I think the features combined with the massive ecosystem that Amazon already have with their customers – uh, and uh, you know the, these new features, I think it might be enough to get some people's curiosity. And look, until we get it in our hands, and look, it, it made the evening news. Like it was on all the major evening news broadcasts. uh this, this newfangled phone. Look, I think we need to get it in our hands. As, as yeah, as like it, it's one thing to see the device. I remember with the. I remember seeing the iPhone for the first time, and it was. One hundred times better in your hand than it was watching it being demonstrated. Uh, I'll never forget that first time that I saw that original iPhone. So this may have got the same kind of impact. I think um, that uh, you know, them their huge number of customers may be attracted to this. Because I think there there are some people who may not want an iPhone. They may not want a Galaxy. They want something different.
0: That's right, and uh, that's going to be a great great option for them. And hopefully, um, we'll find out if uh, if it'll ever make it to Australia in some form, even even just as a basic Android phone with a with a skin on it. So the Amazon Fire announced um, early this evening, while the Socceroos are being flogged in uh, Brazil, and you can read about it at TechGuide.com.au. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear. Uh, Brad, Heidi, the team at Netgear here in Australia, as well as the big boss Patrick. Uh, they're great people, and they've got great products. the The networking products they have will literally change the way you think about Wi Fi. Um, whether it's you know extending your Wi Fi network to an area of the home where you've never had it, um, it might even be the backyard because you're you're out there. You want to just sit in the sun and enjoy. Bit of Facebook or bit of YouTube or watch a video or stream some music—you can do all that when you've got Wi-Fi proper, properly connected throughout your home. And uh, if you don't have a great Wi-Fi connection in your home, consider upgrading your router to get better coverage and better speeds. And then consider adding a Wi-Fi range extender to push the Wi-Fi out into those outlying areas of your home or your yard. So, great products available, very easy to buy, very easy to find, and you can research them now online at netgear.com.au. You're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Finnick. Now we do get the odd um, uh, press release from Apple, which just is a, a random announcement you didn't expect, because uh, obviously we we often expect the big announcements to come at the uh, at the showcase keynotes. But uh, overnight, uh, a press release from Apple announcing a, a newer, cheaper entry level version of the of the iMac, the uh, the beautiful, and I say beautiful because I think it is stunning uh, computer. I have one. I have, I have two, in fact. Uh, so, I've got the, the we've both got the old kind of thick version and the, and the new super thin version. This is though a twenty one point five inch all Mac, which is the iMac, which is a um, smaller smaller version um, than than I've got, but certainly it's perfect for um, a, a basic family operation. And the great thing I've got to be honest about the iMac is easy to set up. Easy to use, easy to run, and it can sit fading anywhere in your home. This thing can sit on the kitchen counter, it can sit on open in the lounge room. It doesn't need to be, you know, hidden away in a nook, you know. An iMac has one cable, the power cord. Yeah, um, that's right. And and that makes it a very appealing thing to have in the family home. And that to me is crucial in this day and age. And we'll talk about online privacy and kids in, in the rest of the show. But you think about the importance of being able to see what your kids are doing, and if they can do it happily on a great computer like an iMac. They've brought this thing in at a fantastic price of thirteen forty nine, which, importantly, is on par, if not better, than what you'll pay in America once you consider sales tax over there, Steve.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I think um, what, what, uh, the, why the iMac is so popular is that, as you said, it's just simple plug and play. Uh, everything's there. The screen's built in. Wireless keyboard, wireless mouse. Uh, and also included uh, uh, is all the software you need. You have got all your iLife mm. programs, which is your iTunes, iPhoto, iMovies, things like that. And you've also got your iWork programs, which is the the Microsoft Office equivalent, if you like. So it's Keynote, Pages, and Numbers. And uh, you know, and this thing actually doesn't look too bad. It's brilliantly designed, really ultra thin, uh, slim, slim display. We've got the humongous 27-inch models, but this 21.5-inch. Is perfect for, to, as you said, to put it in a in a in a public area of the home. looks looks really nice and stylish, and the fact that they can now add more features, make it faster, uh, make it better, and yet still make it cheaper is is not going to hurt them in the marketplace. No. So this this is still a popular segment of the market, and Apple said that uh, at the Worldwide Developers Conference that. While the whole computer industry, the sales of computers has probably uh, is on the downward sl- slope, sort of about I think about five percent reduction in the market. Mm-hmm. Their own sales have gone up like twelve percent uh, year on year. So the Mac, the strength of the Mac is increasing in in a, in a in a slowly receding market. So, and I think it's it's because of this great design, ease of use. Uh, and affordability now that's, that, that's really making them uh, stay popular. And
0: look, I, I often, you know, like to, th- I don't like, I'm not, it's very hard to compare prices on, on products like this, but let's just look at this. It's a, it's a core i5 processor. It's, a, it's a, a, I think a one, a 500 gig hard drive. So, you know, it's, it's a pretty b- basic entry level computer. Now, Go to JB Hi-Fi and there's a, a HP all-in-one desktop. It's a Beats edition, so it's good sound and stuff. You're talking $1,600 for this. And it's an i5. It's got 16 gig of RAM and a terabyte of hard drive. So that's going to add up a bit too. But I've got to be honest, I think this is extremely competitive in price when compared to, um, you know, other PC desktops out there. You know, Dell has... Their Inspiron um, all-in-ones are quite, quite beautiful as well. They're a very, very different look. They kind of tilt up and down. Um, but, again, you, you pay for – because, remember, these things are laptops – in a screen because it's all the miniscu- mini- miniature technology that comes in laptops that they're able to squeeze in behind the screen that makes them able to build
1: these all-in-ones. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think uh, – and, and good, good the, the good thing about it is that, look, they've looked after us on the price as well. Yeah. They've always been cheap. I think the IMAX pound for pound, like dollar value. You, yep. you get a lot of bang for your buck. Uh, even the 27-inch model is is pretty affordable. It's not only a few hundred but dollars. Not if you more, spec it up fully. Well, yeah, no, not, not like <laughs> you and me, but we're mad. We, we of course, we wanted it. We wanted this thing to really run. Yeah. But uh, look, how, how many people are, gonna, are crazy like us are going to want every single bell and whistle? Uh, you know, this, this even out of the box for thirteen forty nine, you get two gig of RAM. Um, you get uh, sorry now you get what do you get eight, eight gig of RAM, RAM and you get uh, five hundred gig hard drive. And you know, Intel Core processor i5, and if you want to, you want to bump that up to one terabyte or a hard drive, or even the new Fusion drive, which is kind of like a an SSD drive and, and a normal hard drive in one. Yeah, then, you know, I think you can't go wrong. Uh, oh. You know, the, and uh, simplicity plus all the stuff is there. All, or like, if yeah. you want to write, you've got Pages, you've got Keynote for presentations, Numbers for your spreadsheets. Uh, and you've got all your other stuff too. For and, and on that, you know,
0: the, the interesting thing about pages and keynote, look, if if that is still a hurdle for you, right, then you want to have Word and stuff. The great thing is you can get a subscription to that these days. You don't have to, have to pay the hundreds of dollars for Microsoft anymore. An you can get of a course, subscription. Office
1: for Mac is, is – I use that every day on my Mac. Yeah. I, I write on Word. That's my preferred uh, software to write my stories on. Right. I use Words over Pages. But – it's there if you need like yeah, any people absolutely. they buy a pc and they think oh hang on i need to get i need to get microsoft i need to get office now
0: mm, yeah that's yeah. an
1: added expense it's always an added
0: expense and this is not an expense with the max so anyway it's a great looking uh, machine uh, and check out the prices and the and the specifications at techguide.com.au two blokes talking tech You're listening
1: to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Mong and Stephen Fenick now, online privacy is something that uh, is it, it, something that we, we talk about often. That we value, of course, and uh, in in this ever increasing world where you know we're relying on on online accessibility to various sites and services, uh, what happens to our information, how it's used, is something that's of great concern. Um, and recently, EMC uh, did a privacy index. Uh, it was like a global look. At how uh, cu- customers consumers' attitude has changed over the years about online privacy, and there was there was a few little paradoxes here about how we sort of feel we feel look we value our privacy, yet share so much stuff on social media. Uh, you know, we 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 believe our privacy ha- is we we have we, we got less privacy than we did a year ago. Things like that, which this 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 survey, this research is interestingly uh, uh, uncovered uh and w- what stuck out for me though and, and i've got the full report with all the stats on tech yep. God, is that there's so many paradoxes we we and they've really nicely laid this out about how we we want one thing and we <laughs> say one thing but do another like we were still we want our privacy we don't want to share information yet we're so we're so busy on social media you know we, we share information with our banks and that online we we interact with government institutions send them information so we're kind of sharing our our details anyway and yet we still want to have our privacy we're not willing to give up privacy for services which i think uh, you know it's kind of we're saying one thing and doing another
0: it is and i think that's the challenge in this world right and it's a very you know uh, very interesting conversation really because people need to realize that the best of life will come through sharing of information and i mean You know, people hate ads and ads will get better if you share more so you don't get the crap. But Mm. if you're not willing to share, then you've got that problem. So you have to determine how you share. And I think what this proves to me and all these paradoxes that they discovered with the EMC Privacy Index is that people need to learn more about privacy and how it operates. Now, Facebook is obviously one of the, the biggest culprits here in terms of accusations from the public around how they operate and all this kind of stuff but it's very easy to control your own privacy settings on Facebook. Um, you know, granular settings around what happens to you in photos to how you share posts. People just don't bother. And I
1: think that's the, that's the paradox, isn't it? That people uh, yeah, are all worried about it but that's they don't bother vac- looking at it. Absolutely. Yeah, the paradox as they've outlined is that we want it all paradox where we want to, we want all the conveniences, we want all the bells and whistles but we're not willing to trade any privacy to get them. Like you know, we live. We're, you're getting this stuff for free. And the, the, all they are, ask is your some of your details, not not your personal, private information like your address and phone number. That's just basics about your age, where you live, what you like. That's not that's that's it's private. Yet it's not private. Private. You know yeah. what I mean? It's something that we'd share. Casually, anyway, the other one was the take no action paradox, which was sort of what this. These are the the, the users who they, they don't they, they assume that the sites are going to do the right thing by them, like government businesses, social mm. media sites are going to do the right thing by them. And there's this social sharing paradox where that we're on social media saying, oh, yeah, we value our privacy, but we share all this this personal information about ourselves <laughs> online anyway and don't have confidence in the companies, in the actual sites that we're sharing it on. Yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of up, uh, topsy-turvy, sort of upside down, our attitudes there. We're a funny bunch of people, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Um, so great stats
0: and information there from the EMC Privacy Index, and you can read them all at techguide.com.au. And I think the other really important thing to be talking about, and, and this is one of those things I, I've never, I don't think anyone's ever said it to me, but I, I have had kind of indications from people they get a bit bored with me talking about security. But um, I've got to be honest, online safety, online security is one of the most important things we can talk about. It used to be viruses, we used to talk about that a lot. And, you know, I think we've come to grips with what viruses are and how you have to have antivirus, but it's really now about online safety. And uh, I thought it was really interesting that, um, and I, I read this at Tech Guide, that uh, the Australian Federal Police have teamed up with uh, Disney's um, club penguin program uh, to start a you know a campaign towards educating kids about safety online and um, it's when you look at this as an outsider and I say an outsider I mean not a parent right you think oh my god this is just stupid you know they've got three simple rules be cool be heard be safe. Can I tell you, that is exactly the kind of thing that goes on at school every day. Um, the school that my son goes to has these kind of rules and, you know, the three R's. Of, it's not reading, writing, arithmetic. It's all about, you know, how you act in this playground and all this kind of stuff. And they get rewarded for it. They talk about it. They know it. And so this is really cool that the AFP have jumped in with what is a very, very popular site, uh, the Club Penguin,
1: Absolutely. to try and
0: educate kids.
1: Yeah, I think that they're... It's it's precisely the right place to start. Uh, like I'm talking, yep. teach the kids at a young age what's the right and wrong thing to yep. do online, so they know. You know they they don't want to be they want to be as respectful to people online as they would be in real life. Uh, that they, they want it. They want if they see something wrong, you know, then they should report it. Uh, but also they they should learn to not overshare, protect their information, passwords. So if they learn this, these things at an early age, they're going to grow up to be responsible cyber citizens. They're, they're going to have that knowledge where they're going to know that, you know what, I'm not supposed to share my phone number online. I'm not supposed to give out my address. I'm not supposed to bully people online. That's a terrific way – I applaud Club Penguin and the AFP for going to the trouble. And they've already reached more than 1,200 primary schools, and that's more than 30,000 students yep. at an impressionable age where, let's face it, the internet to them is second nature. They've had it – that's all they've known since birth. Yep. They've had nothing else. Not like us where we, we remember the days before the internet. They never had days before the internet. The internet's always been there for them. So more important than ever that these kids learn the right thing to do online.
0: And I think a really crucial thing, or the final thing I'll say, is that you've got to remember, and, and don't, take, don't take this the wrong way, Stephen, State of Origin has been eight years in a row that Queensland has won. In in those eight years, kids have grown from, you know, year five through to high school. Now, Absolutely, it, yeah. it's not a long time, right, to educate. So if you put programs like this in place now, in five years, you know, my seven-year-old is going to be approaching his teens, and he'll hopefully have an attitude that is formed by these educational processes. And unfortunately, parents today aren't as wise as they need to be and only because they're they're trying to struggle with the technology too so put it at school make safety online make education about online make education about all the things that are going on like online bullying and all that kind of stuff make it an important part of the curriculum Mm. and you know in in 10 years from now we'll look back and go that was a
1: bloody good thing to do absolutely but also an important part of the home i'm sure you've had to talk to your kids about what you should and shouldn't do online i've done the same my kids are now teenagers and, and they 've always had the internet they 've known life haven 't known life without it exactly so you know, the parents the parents shouldn 't just leave it up to the schools to to sort of teach them those skills they should also encourage that at home as well. And, and take the initiative to, you know, just as they supervise their child and make sure their you know, well-being is looked after in the real world, they should also take that care in the virtual world, which is where their children are going to spend a lot of time you know, as they grow up. Correct. And my, my last point before I get to your Minute Reviews,
0: but – the, the An example of that is Minecraft. Like, I okay, don't, I don't understand it. I don't play it. But, jeez, my son loves it, the right? kids love it. They yep. love it, mate. They love it. And my son says to me all the time, can we play multiplayer? And I'm going to be honest, I don't even know how to. But as I understand it, there's two really clear ways to play multiplayer. You can play on a public server or you can create your own server. And I've said to Jackson, we're setting up our own multiplayer network so that you and your mates can play together, and that's controlled by me and their parents. But you 're not playing on the random world public internet because i don't know who's there i can't control who's there once you 've learnt all the things in the world about it and and about safety online, then maybe you'll go there but it, the problem is a lot of parents just give in and go yep yeah, fine and and they log on, and that's what we've got to stop you've got to stop that and you've got to have parents asking the questions and and you know not giving in to the kids with peer pressure essentially. Absolutely. Tough times, but uh, you know it's not a, not an easy time to be a parent, be very clear. But it's it's good to see the AFP and Disney working hard on this kind of stuff at the school level. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec. All right, well, we've got through here beautifully, mate. The line has picked up. All that gibberish about New right. South Wales winning at the starts was terrible quality. <laughs> People don't care. They fast forwarded through that. Let's stick to the, the minute reviews and uh, a multi region
1: Blu ray display. Yes, this is a from Laser, the BD-1000. Now, the problem with uh, buying discs from overseas, if you're traveling, you might want to buy a movie or a version of a movie you don't have here in Australia, is that the version, the region coding may not suit Australia. I think we're region B for Blu-ray. The US is region A. Same thing goes for DVDs. So I think we're region 4, US is region 1. Uh, and you don't have the right region, it might not play on your player. Well, Laser have come up with the BD-1000 that can play Blu-ray discs from all regions as well as DVDs from all regions. Now, the reason for region codings is that in the past when DVDs were popular in the late 90s, there were some DVD releases in America of films that hadn't started in the cinema yet in Australia. Mm. The schedules have kind of changed around now. We we almost get movies sometimes a day or two ahead of the US or usually at the same time. So that's not such a problem. Uh, but what, what the BD1000 allows you to do, if you do want to buy a movie from the from another country, and it's not just to get ahead of the release schedule, there are some versions of films for, for collectors who it may only be available in the US. So there may be some extra features on the version. Multilingual the ones that as That well. they want. That's right. So... This gives you the ability to bring that home without the risk of you paying for a very expensive drink coaster, as I described in my story, because <laughs> if it doesn't work, that's what it is. You can use it as a drink coaster, that disc. But with the BD1000, that worry is over. It's uh, very easy to connect. it HDMI. Uh, it's got 7.1 channel sound as well. can handle Dolby True HD, DTS HD Master Audio. So it's a, it's a quality Blu-ray player. It's not, not going to give you the highest, highest quality through Blu-ray. You can't play 3D movies on it. Uh, There's no Ethernet connection, so you can't connect this to your network and access BD Live and do uh, online firmware updates and things like that. But it is a very handy player, and being only $99 could even be a handy second player if you've already got a decent Blu-ray player as well to play those movies that you buy from other countries. The BD 1000, it's available now for $99 from Big W, The Good Guys and Harvey Norman, and the reviews at techguide.com.au.
0: I've got this next one sitting here in front of me. It's gorgeous. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Braven speakers, the Braven uh, BRVX, which is the bigger version of the waterproof speaker.
1: That is right. Now this is meant to go anywhere and and do anything. So it's very rugged. It's waterproof. So if you're an outdoorsy person like yourself, you've been camping. Oh, massive, recently.
0: massive! Outdoors. This is
1: a really cool device to take with you because not only is it a, is it a decent music player, it's got even uh, audio audio selections for indoor and outdoor play, so optimises the performance. Uh, so music, it's got it covered. streams via Bluetooth. It's waterproof, so it can go anywhere. But what this is also a handy to, uh, handy for is charging your other products. It's actually got a battery on board, a 5200 milliamp power bank, so you can charge up all your mobile devices. So if you are off the grid and you need to charge your devices. This has got a big enough power bank to do that. You can charge your smartphones, your tablets, GPS devices. If you've got your little PlayStation Vita or other portable gaming consoles, mm. you can charge this up as well. So the Bravin BRVX speakers—they're two hundred and ninety-nine ninety-nine. Very, very decent sound quality. I quite like the output of the Bravin speakers. They've—they've uh, they've, they've got a great uh, processor, good speakers on board. So uh, well worth checking out if you're the outdoorsy type who wants to take their music with them.
0: Check it out at techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, thank you for listening episode 164. We'll be back again next week with 165 because why would we skip a number? I mean, that would just be silly. (laughs) Uh, Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear netgear.com.au. You can follow me on Twitter at Trevor Long and you can follow Stephen at Stephen Fennick with a PH, mate. We shall talk again next week.
1: Yes, we will. Thanks, Trevor. Talk to you then.